Welcome to Lesbians Who Write with Claire Lydon and T.B. Markinson. Conversations about writing and lesbian fiction. Join us as we draw back the curtain on the writer's life. Hello and welcome to episode 152 of Lesbians Who Write. This week's topic is Write Your Christmas Novel Now. Joining me, Claire Lydon, is my host, the incredibly unseasonal T.B. Markinson. Hello, T.B. How how the seasonal holly jolly are you today? I'm kind of sad it's not actually snowing while we're recording this one. It's just raining. It would be, like, perfect if it was snowing. Mm. I mean, that would that would say we're going to have a really nice holiday. Oh. But now we just have to wait nine months to find out if we are or not. I don't know. All right, so how am I? Not going to lie panicking. Miranda and I are prepping two of a kind for publication. So this is usually when my normal panic level kicks in because we all know I have a hard time hitting that publish button when I have a project. But that panic has drastically increased since my Lizzie debacle and my proposal debacle. So the panic is even more pronounced. I foresee some long days ahead of me and constantly refreshing my KDP dashboard even though we always tell each other, authors, KDP Dashboard is where our sales are recorded. And we always tell each other, don't watch your KDP Dashboard during launch because um, it's agonizing and you shouldn't do it and you should spend your time wisely, like not just staring at numbers. You should like start writing your book. But with my recent launches being torpedoed, I have a feeling I will not be able to tear my eyes away from the KDP Dashboard. It's very hard. It's very hard not to do it anyway, especially at launch, isn't it? It's like, you know, I remember when I first started publishing and I was just like glued to it. It was like, <laughs> it was like the first uh, series of Big Brother when there was a live feed and everybody just watched it like this. Oh, I just can't turn my eyes away from it. But um, yeah, it's not, the, it's not the smartest thing to do, but everybody does it every time they launch a book. Yeah, we like to pretend that we're more zen-like, but um, we're like, oh, you shouldn't do that. That's terrible. That's not good for the mental health. And then we're like, refresh, refresh, refresh. <laughs> do you know, I did do it when I had uh, when I had my life coach for a bit and he told me not to do it. And I was like, oh, you're so wise. You're so fucking wise. Yeah, I'm going to do that. And I and then I spent a couple of books not doing it and it really did help. Yeah, I don't do that I'm anymore. I'm sure it yeah. does. <laughs> I think one time I published something and I was getting on a plane to go someplace and it was like the most relaxing flight I've ever had and I was so busy like for like four days that I didn't actually check and then I was like oh my book's doing well that's nice but I was so I think I need that but I don't have that right now because I'm not really traveling a lot so <laughs> damn it I'm gonna be refreshing a lot all right in other news this episode is going live on March 28th um so that means all 80 episodes of a London love story are now live on the Kindle Bella platform and Miranda and I are officially on a break from writing the series it will be amazing not to have to worry about it one thing you might not know about the Kindle Bella platform that I learned after we started the project was after each episode there is a short space for you to leave your author's note and everyone is like well you should write something and the author's note to keep the fans engaged. So this is all about engagement. You're, you're publishing it uh, serial, so you're trying to keep fan engagement. And so you have this little author's note where you can share. What we've been doing is since 
it's based in London and it's kind of I'm using experiences from my time when I did live in London so we share little tidbits about like you know what inspired the scene or like what location and stuff like that but I want you to I'm gonna I'm gonna be doing some numbers here so you're gonna have to help me remember there are 80 author notes 80 80 got it 80 yep eight zero each one is roughly 200 words now I'm not saying we hit 200 words each time but we got really close most of the time so 80 times 200 is 16,000 words so that's on top of all other words <laughs> of the story and we would load the episodes once a week we load five episodes for the following week and then we would be on a call and talking about the author notes and so we'd be crafting them it was a lot of work it was like two projects in one and I don't think either one of us really knew that part of Bella until we got into it we're like oh we need to have an author note each time it's been a lot of work we're tired you need a you need a holiday TB somewhere in the sun oh the sun would be nice yeah <laughs> we haven't seen that much in the past three or four months in Massachusetts I would really like to see the sun I was going through my photos on my phone today and I, I found a photo of um, the Thai beach where my wife and I spent Christmas Day 2017 and it was uh, it was just gorgeous and uh, you know that idyllic palm tree soft sands blue sky blue ocean and there was like it was deserted this beach very very remote island and I was like it'd be nice to be there wouldn't it oh absolutely during these times it would be nice to be all alone in a pretty place <laughs> yes absolutely speaking of taking a holiday I'm not not yet <laughs> I have started my next writing project oh my god take a break <laughs> Don't have time. Not with my deadline. <laughs> so I'm starting on the Pride story. This is for the Pride collection. Uh, IHL is spearheading. The stories will be released, released in June. You know, Pride Month. So there really is a big ticking clock on this one. The good news, it's a novella size. So that's going to be helpful. Um, we recently held our first Zoom call with the um, authors participating in the collection. It's always fun to chat with authors you haven't met before. Like you, we, you share emails, you share messages on social media, but we all got onto a Zoom call. And to refresh everyone's memory, the following authors involved in the Pride Collection are Nicole Pyland, Bryce Oakley, Haley Cass, Cara Malone, Lily Seabrook, Lucy Bexley, Erica Lee, and Monica McCallan. Miranda and I are doing a co-write which is probably the saving grace for me that I don't have to do it all on my own. And I would just like to say I'm very happy that this is coming together. Given the rise of hate, for instance, Florida just passed a don't say gay bill. Um, there's been a lot of bills targeting trans, the trans community. And what we always keep saying, it's very important to have positive visibility. And I still receive emails from readers almost every week saying that they didn't know there was so much sapphic fiction available and thanking me for writing stories that they see themselves in representation really matters and i'm very honored to be involved in this group with all these authors yes no totally agree and it's very exciting a pride collection i like it yes i like it and hopefully it's something we can continue throughout the years speaking of time off i did have a day off last sunday uh we had nice weather so I went on a walkabout in Boston. 
this is my favorite way to explore, especially cities I've lived in for a while. I like to uh, go outside, pick a direction, and just walk. I always find stuff, even though like if I'm walking along places I've been by before, when I go on these slow walkabouts, I always find stuff that I haven't really like taken time to stop to look at, learn a little bit more of the history and everything, and I always get inspired for a story either I'm working on now, like some of the dialogues working out in my head, or I get uh, inspiration for a future one. And so I'm kind of relieved that the weather is turning a bit better here in Massachusetts, where I can get outside more, where it's not just like a death trap because we've had so much ice. And I am the least graceful person you can meet on ice. So I'm excited that I can get out and about more and explore and not be locked up in my apartment all the time. I got to take advantage of the nice days. Excellent. Good to hear. One day off is a start, TB. <laughs> well, I usually take Wednesday off, and then I usually take one of the weekend days off. So I do take like two weeks, uh, not two weeks. <laughs> really bad at math, people. I usually take two days off in a week. <laughs> okay. But they're just not consecutive because with my schedule, it's harder. But I kind of like having a day off in the middle of the week because of if I have to like run the errands where things aren't open, it's kind of nice to be able to take care of it. So how is everything on your side? Okay, so things over here, um, I have had to extend my uh, deadline for this book. With all the life issues um, that I'm just dealing with in the background, so I've actually extend my deadline, but that sometimes happens. And my, and my editor has been very, very kind to me and um, just said it's fine. So that's good. So we're on to draft three. It is like trudging through snow, but do you know what? Every time I have to take a break, to deal with other things and then I come back and you know when you're like oh shit I'm not gonna be able to pick this up I'm like you know like we always say things happen and you have to take breaks from, from your work coming back is always hard however with this book every time I do come back I'm always quite surprised and pleasantly surprised uh, that I like the scene I'm in even though it might need to be things added things taking away stuff moved around but the general sort of ethos of it uh, and and what the characters are doing and saying I'm pleased with. You know, I recently read a book. I think I actually took a day off because I've had to take so many days off for other things. I actually took a day off for myself this week because I just needed to just a break. So I did. Do you know what I did? I laid on the sofa and I read a book. And um, it's by an author who I've read one of her books before. She's called Laura Kay. And this book is out um, in May. I got an early review copy and um, it's called Tell Me Everything. And I love I love her writing. It's 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 very British. It's a British queer rom com. Fabulous. Um, and when I was reading it, she's very funny. Her way of words. She's very her her style is very simple but very clever. And I love her detail. I love her dialogue. But anyway, I was reading it. I was thinking, oh, I really need to I really need to put, add some more comedy into my books because I love her. I love her style. I love her light touch. And then I went back to my draft and I thought, Do you know what? I've got a light touch and there is comedy in this. And I was like, oh, that's nice, isn't it? That's nice when that happens. It is nice, but it also, it is kind of the British way. And you also have Irish in you and I, the Irish storytellers. I mean, they're just hilarious. You get you go to a pub in Ireland and um, you're going to be entertained by people who just stop by and talk. And they're very chatty. But um, I just think it comes naturally to you. So, well, that's nice. Thanks. I'm I'm very proud of my Irish heritage, but uh, anyway, yeah. So so that was that was you know good things, bad things this this week. But um, it's nice to know coming back to the draft that it's it's not completely shite. So that's good, isn't it? Um, I'm <laughs> <laughs> we all go through that stage though, where you have to open it up for another round. Uh, 
Oh god. This this stage this this book though, like from from Happy Skippy Beginnings has gone through a lot of stop starts. Uh, it's through no fault of the book though. It's not the book's fault, so I'm not holding it against the book. Um I'm going for Chinese, in a, to have a little break, I'm going for Chinese food and karaoke this week. That's a sort of uh, airing on my Irish heritage, right? I'm going to do a bit of singing. Yes, they do. Lots of singing in pubs too. I miss the Irish pubs. Yeah. They're very cheerful places. They are. You get great stories and a lot of live music. I miss them. Uh, my my go-to karaoke song is Teenage Dirtbag by Wheatus. Have you got a go-to karaoke song? Do you think I actually get out in public and sing? No. <laughs> no. Okay. Uh, no. But my backup song is Copacabana, just in case someone c- comes in and steals Wheaters. But I, I, I get a very sad face if that happens. It's happened once to me. Do you get stabby? Oh, the, every, every, all my friends in the bar had literally just turned around and went, oh, someone's singing a song. And I was like, it's fine. It's fine. It wasn't fine. Reader, it wasn't fine. <laughs> now, do you, um, why not just, do it again and show the personnel. No, it's not. You're like, this is how it's done. <laughs> it's not in the spirit of karaoke, is it? Carrying on with music. So um, I, I don't know. I'm sure you've heard of Wordle, right? You know, the um, the word game that's doing oh, the rounds, yeah. right, on Twitter and all that. So, um, and I think the New York Times has just bought it, right? So Wordle, I had a go with it. I'm shite at crossword puzzles or any word games. Like, I'm, I know I shouldn't be, but I am. So I had a go at it twice and it just, no, I was terrible at it. And if I'm terrible at something straight away, I don't like it. So, um, no, I, I've been that. But there's one for there's one for songs and it's called Hurdle, uh, H-E-A-R-D-L-E. So Hurdle. Uh, and that has got, so you get, six seconds exactly the same as word or you get six words this you get six seconds and it's revealed one second at a time of the intros to popular songs so um i've done uh four out of the well i've done five of the last five days and i've got four in one second so i'm i'm happy with hurdle because <laughs> i'm good at it <laughs> wow i would totally bomb at hurdle but i'm totally loving wordle there you go it is like it's the first thing I do every day now ah. because I, I like to read the news in bed on my phone and I start off with Wordle. I had a streak of 15 and then I lost it and I can't remember a, a one what word I lost it on. But some of them are funny because like there's literally like only one option left where I have like four letters and I just need the fifth letter and I can't figure it out and then I try and then I'm like, oh, that was really obvious. <laughs> And it just gives me a chuckle to start off the day. That's funny, but I would suck at Hurdle. As you know, I am not... You you and your wife played a game with me of, can TB guess this song? And I think I got one out of 30. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So there you go. Everyone's got a talent, TB. You're Wordle, I'm Hurdle. So there you go. So um, that is what is going on over here. That, and I'm trying to buy some new uh, sandals to go to Jamaica. But um, yeah. Just thought I'd share the intimate details of my life. You love shoes, though. I do. I bought some new trainers as well. So I bought some new trainers and then I bought some new sandals. Uh, uh, even saying the word sandals sounds weird because I'm not a sandal kind of gal, you know what I mean? But I decided that I wanted to have something a bit more dressy than a flip-flop for an evening. You're uh, not a sandal gal? No. That just, like, jabbed a knife into my Southern Californian heart. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, I, I took these sandals out of the box and my wife said, oh, you've got lady shoes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm more of flip-flop Tevas, but I do also have sandals for, like, when I have to, like, dress up <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> for a summer out- outing. 
I cannot wait for short sleeve shirt, t-shirt, uh, shorts, and flip-flops. I cannot wait for that time to arrive because I'm tired of freezing my ass off. <laughs> but anyways, should I move on to comments? Let's go. <laughs> All right, first up we have Anna. Anna says, thank you for sharing about writing women loving women books. I was just wondering if you all make a good enough living from writing. And Anna also said, shame on me for only discovering Lesvik towards the end of last year. I'm really enjoying and I'm looking forward to the next podcast. So first of all, not shame on you. As we keep talking about, um, there's a lot of people who have only recently discovered sapphic fiction. That's why we keep talking about the importance of representation and visibility. And also I dropped a that episode link of the episode where we did talk about whether or not you can make enough living from writing sapphic fiction. So check out the comment, the episode's there. Yes, so. but, but the short answer is yes. All right, Simon, Simon uh, uh, gave us some questions for to ask us anything, but he also said, thanks as always for the amazing podcast. And Simon, I just have to thank you. You're always very positive and I love your energy. So keep it up, Simon. Love Simon. Toot toot. Uh, we have a comment from Liz Rain. Liz Rain said, love the main topic. I can't remember which episode this was about, but um, love the main topic. But my comment is about football or soccer for TV. Thanks for including me. Um, my debut lesbic book comes out in a few weeks, Perks of Office. But my work in progress is a sapphic football romance. So for research, I've been watching a heap of English football and Spurs women are a firm favorite. Looking back, I can't believe I hadn't heard the name. I'm gonna butcher this. You're gonna have to help me. Shalina Zardorsky. Hmm. Is that? Am I getting that right? I think so. Yeah. Liz can't believe she hadn't heard of that footballer until a few short months ago. So, are you? You're Tottenham, right? Mm-hmm. She... Are you a fan of the women's Tottenham? I am, of course. Yes, yes, and she is one of our star players. Do you know, it's one of those things that I've thought about doing as well, a, uh, a, a, a sapphic romance based around uh, women's football, because I used to play it. I used to, used to, I, I grew up playing football and I played it uh, for my university. But um, so, yeah, I, I could do it, but I don't know. There's something stopping me. I, I don't know. Maybe I'm more a spectator of football now. I don't play it anymore. Too old. And, um, you know, I'm more drawn to vineyards than sports fields TV. Now, I don't know. Don't give up on it, because I just completed a raunchy ranch. That's true. Anything can happen. experience. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> You've never been on a ranch or been raunchy in a ranch or been on a raunchy ranch? None of those? None, none of those? I have been on a ranch. Uh, I was a child, so we're going to drop the raunchy because that's just weird. Ranching is in part of the family. So you would think I would have a firmer grasp on this. It was Miranda who had a lot more experience <laughs> than me, and I think I let all of my Wyoming ancestors down. Mm. I apologize. I might have to write apology letters. Can you do that for up above people? I don't know. But yeah, I let I let my my family down. I think on this one. But you have more experience, and you go to more games. So I I I'm, I'm saying don't give up on the book. Okay. But also, okay. Liz rounded out the comment by saying. I absolutely love the pod. I'm learning so much, and I look forward to it each week. So thank you very much for the lovely comment. Also, we have Abby. Abby says, hi, episode 150 should come with a warning label. That was our most recent one. Or no, two, 
two episodes ago, I had a mouthful of tea when the meh noises started and the tea almost went flying. Thank, flying. Thanks for the laugh. I don't remember. You did the meh sounds really mm. well. Yeah. Remember that? Yeah, vaguely. Yeah. Should we just start putting a warning no. on all episodes? I like uh, people spitting drinks. Okay. Yeah. All right. So no warnings. <laughs> Up next, we have a comment from Rachel McLean on Twitter who said, thanks for the feedback loop creating mention. And for the sound of music earworm I have after this last week's episode, I remember being sick as a seven-year-old, and it was the only film we had on video, and I watched it every day. Again, I still haven't seen it, but you probably can relate to this, since didn't you guys watch it a lot in your family? Yeah, pretty much. Every week. Every week, really? Well, no. <laughs> but we watched, probably watched it at least twice a year. Oh, twice a year. That's, uh, that's like my elf viewing i watch elf usually july for some reason and then obviously christmas time but yeah every day would be a lot it um, would, yeah. <laughs> so those are the comments before i get us to buy us a coffee do you have comments none okay moving on then we're just moving on people buy us a coffee kathy says this podcast brings so much joy into my life thank you for being inspirational and amazing human beings I'll try to pop in monthly and buy you both some coffees. So thank you very much. We appreciate the thought and the nice comments and the coffees, of course. We do. And do remember, if you bought us coffee since January and you want to go back and buy it again because we never charged you, because we're, we're just, you know, what are we? Stupid like that? Um, yeah, do, do, <laughs> please go back and buy us another one. We'd love it. I, I, they, buy us a coffee still has not explained how our Stripe account got disconnected. <laughs> But TV has happened. tested it. It works now. Please go and buy us coffee. All right, then. Let's get on to the topic at hand, which is write your Christmas novel now. You'll be surprised to know, nobody will be surprised to know, that I'm going to take the lead on this one because, uh, you know, when I said the word Christmas to TB, she gave me a, a pained look. Oh, that's what I imagined anyway. So we're in March, right? Uh, this comes out on March 28th, so we're nearly in April. My God, the first quarter of the year is nearly gone. How did that happen? So, but still, Christmas seems very far away right now, doesn't it? But it won't be soon, everyone. Just think about these, how these first three months have flown by. So, don't let Christmas creep up on you. You need to make a plan. So this is why we thought we'd do this reminder episode to write your festive book now, or plan to write it now. What do you need to, to think about is when when are you going to um, when are you going to release your festive novel? Now, I think the golden time to release a festive novel is October, and yes, the bar humbug brigade brigade will moan, but seasonal novels only have a limited time window, so don't mess it up, like I did in 2020 <laughs> when I released Christmas in Mistletoe on November the 23rd. <coughs> too late Claire far too late but I got behind with my um with my deadlines and uh, I know it's a, what a what a weird story um so it was it was too late TB's can maybe... I just can I yeah can I just cut in here for a second I'm sorry hmm. it was 2020 yes I think everyone was behind in 2020 <laughs> don't be hard on True. yourself it was 2020 the I fact know. that you got any books out in 2020 <laughs> is amazing <laughs> so um you know it, it was too late though it sold okay but think it, what it could have done had it had an extra six weeks uh, to sell, which it should have had, right? So for me, the ideal release date is the th is probably the third week in October, 
I think, third, fourth. Don't go too early in October. I mean, you can. No one's going to, no, the Christmas police are not going to come and knock on your door. But for me, that's when I'd do it. Anytime from mid-October. Uh, that's when I released my first ever Christmas novel, All I Want for Christmas, and it worked like a charm. That one sold like Christmas hotcakes. So, it's and it's when all the traditional publishers release, and they've been doing this a while, right? I've got to believe that they've put some thought into it, okay? So, for me, I'd work backwards from mid-October. Uh, so you need to think, how long does it take me to write a Christmas novel? Well, for me, it takes four months. All my books take about four months, start to finish. So the optimal time, if I want to do it then, it would be start in mid-June. But that would be the latest I'd need to start. So this year, I actually started writing my Christmas novel uh, in December last year. I know, crazy times. Um, so I've already finished draft two, and then I just parked it. It's going to be painful when I come back to it, isn't it? But I decided to write it over Christmas when I was still in the festive mood, but you don't have to do that. You could write it over the next couple of months and just drink some mulled wine, play festive music, bake some festive cookies to put you in the mood, watch a Christmas movie. They're all available on the streaming services. Um, and just, yeah, put some Christmas tunes on. I I do love writing Christmas books any time of the year, honestly. Um, the last two I've written, I've always written in this sort of, yeah, June, July time, always in the summer months. Um, but just don't leave it too late, like I did in uh, with Christmas and Mistletoe, because I was probably writing that in September, and that's too late, everyone. Too late! I think I started writing it in July. The intention was there, and then it all went awry. Just give yourself enough time. Work back to when you want to release it, and then think, when can I fit it in uh, in the rest of the year? So, you know, if you're going to release it in mid-October, you've only got, like, six months. So, plan it. Why write a Christmas novel, though, you may ask? Is that what you're going to ask, TB? I was. Yeah. It was a burning question. <laughs> so, my answer to that is because they're fun. Because you can indulge your festive spirit, if you have it. And also because people love fucking festive shit, right? They do. Believe me. Witness the Hallmark Christmas movie channel, which starts in September and just runs festive movies, and they're just constantly making new ones. Christmas songs. People love to sink into Christmas songs. They love to sink into anything holiday. They luxuriate in it. Now, I've written two Christmas books, as I've said, All I Want for Christmas and Christmas and Mistletoe, and I get emails every year from readers who tell me they read these stories every year as part of their holiday tradition, um, which I absolutely love. I wanted to write the Hallmark movie that's yet to be made, where the girl gets the girl and they snog and all is well. Um, apparently there has been one made, but I've yet to see it. Um, I, I thought I had recorded it last year and I recorded a, a, a really shit one and I was very upset. But yeah, so I still haven't seen it. <laughs> apparently it exists, I don't know, is it a myth? Um, but you know, we've got a couple of uh, good sort of sapphic holiday movies that have come out over the last few years, but they're few and far between. Christmas books, they're far more easily accessible. People love Christmas books write one. Also, from a business perspective, Christmas books are great to market, obviously, around the holidays. Quite a lot of people just like festive books. They like seasonal books. So if, if they haven't found you yet through your other books that you've got, maybe they might find you because they're seeking out festive books. So it's another avenue into your work. And if you, you could also build a body of Christmas books. That's my intention. So I've already got two. I'm bringing one out this year. Um, so if you build a body of them, then people read one. The likelihood is they'll read the others. Most people who've read um, All Up for Christmas read Christmas Mistletoe and vice versa. So that's how it works. I've also got my free book, um, It Had to Be You, that's based around Christmas as well. Those are the reasons that you should write one. And also, you know, seasonal is a good thing. Um, if people know you're going to write one, 
then they'll expect it and they'll think oh I must read that Claire Lydon Christmas book now I haven't done a very good job of that so far I've I wrote my first Christmas book in 2015 and the second one in 2020 now I am planning to write one every other year 2022 is my next one but you know for I think I've mentioned um, an author that I that I really like uh, Sarah Morgan she writes every single year a Christmas book and a summer book clockwork that's what she does that's her schedule and she's always like way ahead of you know she's always written Christmas book for next year in the summer of the year before so she's just always right she's she's got a schedule and it works because I know to expect a Christmas and a summer book from her and I pre-order them I've fallen into her trap her Christmas her seasonal writing trap I wish I could uh, channel her scheduling abilities because yeah. I am not ahead on this game no not at all and she's got this really lovely garden office like the most amazing garden office as well amazing anyway also the other the other reason to write a christmas book don't forget the power uh, the demand for print at christmas now my my print sales always shoot up every single year in november and december because people want presents for themselves um, and people want presents for their friends and books are really popular presents because um it's a nice thing isn't it to receive a book and they're affordable and people can just order from Amazon and get them gift wrapped and sent straight to them so like it's a win-win all round um, my book Christmas and Mistletoe sold more in 2021 the year after it was released in print than it did in 2020 that's the power of festive sales it could also be because I release it too late in 2020 who knows but um <laughs> <laughs> but you know that doesn't mean to say that's that's a lesson for everyone isn't it if you release yours too late don't worry next year might be even better uh people love christmas as I said, people love christmas books as presents for their queer friends so don't um don't forget that so write a bank of don't just write one christmas book write a bank of them you know get known for them and yes of course people will say but claire they don't sell as much all, all year round that is true Christmas books don't sell quite as many as your other books all year round however they might sell like hotcakes for those two three months of the year and then in the end they might have sold more than some of your other books that didn't do quite as well so you have to ask you know maybe it might be the making of your career you never know you might love it even if you've never done it before so but the key thing is you have to love it to do it so give it a go but ask yourself is it something you want to do and if it is do it but my advice, plan it now. I'm kind of surprised since you are like Mrs. Christmas, like you love Christmas, that you've only done two. I know, I am as well. Do you know what? When I wrote Christmas and Mistletoe, I couldn't quite believe that I, it was five years since I wrote my last one. I was like, oh my God, I just go on and on about Christmas and then I haven't written one for five years. Pretty shit. Um, I don't think I'd like to commit to writing one every single year, but uh, I, I'm happy to do it every other year. I think I have more Christmas than you. Isn't that funny? That, all right. In publication. All right. <laughs> wow. Because <laughs> um, I did a co-write with Harper, that was Christmas. Yeah. Uh, Holly and Ivy, that was more like think thanksgiving is, but like here we just kind of roll it into the holidays. There is a Christmas book for Lizzie, and then I did a, a short story that I then expanded into a novel, and um. On the schedule as of now, I think there is a Christmas book on the schedule, but um, I will be the one who is bashing that out. I didn't do it over Christmas, which would have been better, but I'll be bashing it out in July and August, so all my neighbors are going to be hearing. Because when I do it in the summer, because I've done it several summers now, 
I do have a routine where I listen to Christmas tunes. I burn pine scented candles. And um, I think my neighbors think I really love Christmas <laughs> because every like July and August, I'm like, it's Christmas time. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that's funny. I have more Christmas. I would not have thought that. <laughs> I would not have thought that either. I really have to redress this balance. <laughs> Tibby is loving it. She's loving this fact. I am not loving this fact. No, that's that's funny. And there's a little Christmas to the Pride story. I won't go into too many details, but Christmas is mentioned. All right, so, all wow, right. Christmas queen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but this year's Christmas book, it's fucking Christmassy. Is like the character like Mrs. Claus? That's right. An elf? There is a Mrs. Claus in it. There is actually. All right. And what other details can I steal and fall over the top? Um, I'm a Mrs. Claus. There's a. There's some snow. Uh, I'm covered with snow. Yeah. I'm always drowning in snow. Uh, gingerbread. Um, a wine. Like that was the thing in the Christmas in London I love with the mold wine and the pubs. Hmm. We don't get that as much here, hmm. which is just sadness mm. sadness all around come on american bars and pubs mold wine yes all right then yes do let us know are you planning to uh to write your christmas book um and uh has this been a timely reminder bell for you to go oh my god thank goodness claire's brought this up i must go off and write my festive novel Yes, and write three so you can be ahead of Claire. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't take much to be ahead of me, it turns out, in Christmas books. All right then, ways to get in touch. Uh, on the website, lesbiansyourwrite.com, email us, lesbiansyourwrite at gmail.com, Facebook us, Twitter us, at leshuwrite, and Instagram me, at clairefic. And join us next time when we will be answering your Ask Us Anything questions. So if you've got one that you desperately want to tell us, get it in now. Uh, you've probably got about a day. Quick, send an email. That was demanding. Yeah. <laughs> that was really demanding. Wow, well, I don't know how I'd respond to that myself. I'd be like, fuck you, not doing it. I'm snappy because you're the Christmas queen. All right, until next time, uh, everyone, take care, keep writing. Bye, everybody. Thanks for listening to Lesbians You Write. Follow us on Twitter at Les Who Write or show us some love on our website by leaving us a comment or buying us a coffee. And sign up to our newsletter while you're there to never miss another episode. Head over to lesbianswhowrite.com. Also, if you could take a moment to leave us a review wherever you listen to this podcast, it would help more listeners to discover us. Thanks so much and see you next time.